0: You've made it to the home of Blurred on the Street, where three black women talk about their geeky interests, nerdy pursuits, and current events. If you like our show, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Special thanks to NPR Girl and Phaedra220 who've already left us reviews. You can always find us on Instagram at Blurred on the Street and Twitter at Blurred Street. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lily, and I run on flat whites and raspberry scones. You can find me on Twitter at Elise on Life. That's A L I S E O N L I F E. Hi, my name is Jenna, and I think coffee, books, and makeup are life. You can follow me on Instagram at SillyGirlJL or on TikTok at SillyGirlJLH.
1: Hi, I'm Jillian. A Matcha Latte and my Nintendo Switch are never far from my reach. You can find me at Jillian.Karen on Instagram.
0: It's that time again, Street Team. Enjoy this episode where our very own Jillian interviews Blurred on the Streets first guest, the Blurred Explorer. Welcome
1: back to Blurred on the Street. Today we are joined by Phil, aka the Blurred Explorer, also known as the Six Raikage in the Korean Smash Bros scene, is an avid traveler. As a member of the Black community, he found there was a void in information geared toward showing the black community that there is an amazing world out there to explore. Instead of sitting around thinking what could be, he began to share his own travel stories through his own guidebooks and social media to broaden horizons and encourage black people around the world to travel. So welcome, Phil. Welcome to Blurred on the Street. We're really excited to have you here. Yeah. So um, I just wanna get into our interview here. So, uh, tell me about your journey to South Korea. Uh,
2: So, I'm from South Carolina. Uh, Now, me growing up, I always had interest in travel, but uh, growing up in the US, right? Like, I never heard of a Black person who's traveled or lived abroad that wasn't military. Like, every time Mm -hmm. I heard a Black person do it, there was always military. This is like, you know, during the 2000s, even the 2010s. it was I'm my mean, last semester of college. I was trying to find a job in university, and I couldn't find a job anywhere. And then one day, I saw an ad about teaching English in South Korea, which I currently do right now. Right. So I looked into it. I thought, okay, okay. So I looked into it. And I saw that it was between you know, teaching English in China, Korea, and Japan. Now I always wanted to go to Japan, though. But I looked at the pros and cons of the countries. I on South Korea. South Korea. Okay. And
1: nice. Um, so, what were those pros and cons? Uh,
2: for Ch- uh, Japan, the downside is it's very uh, much more expensive.
1: Okay. So it's kind of hard
2: to like you know save money and try like to do
1: something. Yeah. And also,
2: you have to pay your own rent.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, and apparently, it's kind of hard to for you know uh, foreigners to try to find their own apartment if isn't right. because you, know, you got to for your own place. So, because some landlords just don't want to rent out to foreigners ever.
1: Oh, interesting. But, okay.
2: For a variety of reasons, usually because the last one in trash the place, they left their apartment without you know doing the proper you know channels and stuff like that. When they rent and stuff, uh, China. I did. I'm not a fan of the Chinese government. Right. I mean, I'm not a fan of government citizenship, so I didn't want to go there. Yeah, I would make a ton of money there, but okay. For me, like, I gotta say, is option having options like money doesn't drive me as hard like most people would. So I figured South Korea is like having a good balance. Make decent money and get free Mm -hmm. rent.
1: Okay. Good to know. All right. Tell me about your favorite spot to visit and what makes it special to you?
2: Mm. Of all the cities I've been to, I definitely enjoyed Daegu. Uh, I lived there for like a year from 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, Daegu, I guess it's kind of like that good sweet spot of a city. Like, Or it's, it's a large city, but it's not too big. You know, it's not as mm-hmm. big as Seoul, the capital of or Busan, which is the second largest city. But it's, okay. It's kind of number four, like the baby sister, I was The family in a group of four. But it's like not too big, not too far, not too small, and also like has good transportation. So like, if I wanted mm-hmm. to go to Seoul or Daegu, whatever cities I wanted to go to, it's like that good spot, you know?
1: Nice, nice. Yeah.
2: And it's much more cheaper. It's cheaper too. Okay. In terms of, cost of
1: all right. And then what is one or a few of the more surprising difficulties of living in South Korea?
2: Uh, definitely one of the big uh, issues is this for tall people, especially you're big and tall, buying clothes.
1: Oh, yeah. OK, well, you <laughs> save a lot of money, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, that money went straight to take out food delivery. Which oh, yeah. A big
1: problem.
2: Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, that, uh, I think also when it comes to travel in mm-hmm. Asia in general, like, you know, as foreigners, I did mention, if you had to book, like, put in both my books, the Black Travels Guide to Inchon and Daegu Korea, I mentioned a lot that all foreigners will get stared at, especially outside the major cities, right? But as a Black person, and is my first time, I realized when I first came to, like, people will stop and stare, like, hard.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay.
2: Mostly just out curiosity at all times because it's not something that they're used to seeing a black person. Gotcha. Um, there, so,
1: and um, outside of Seoul, do you think uh. they still stare at in, at you in Seoul?
2: Oh yeah, definitely, okay. definitely for sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, now to be clear, uh, in Seoul there are black people there. Plus, there's mm-hmm. a military over there in Seoul, and a good you know that community over there in Seoul. So. Of course, you know, people are gonna, they're not, they're, you know, kind of used to foreigners. Okay. In my case, I'm six, seven, two meters tall. So, of course, I say, oh, that, wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That. Okay. I think you probably get stared at in the US too. Yeah. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, in
2: Seoul, um, like, like I put it this way, in Seoul, like the further you go out to more, like the more, I guess, cheaper, lower, not nicer, touristy areas of Seoul, where like more Koreans there. Then the stairs are probably going to intensify over there.
1: Okay, I see. I'm only asking because I've actually never been to Asia. Sure. So I'm actually really, really curious. Uh, I've always wanted to go, but I've just never had the opportunity. And now that the pandemic has happened, I'm like, I need to get out a lot more than I had been. So it's definitely. I'm
2: introverted. I wish I got out more.
1: Yeah. When did you move?
2: I moved here. Uh, I was in another city called Jinju, Jinju, South Korea, back in May 2016.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: I lived in different cities throughout the five years of been here.
1: Okay. Um. So what inspired you to start writing these guidebooks?
2: Well, in terms of my, well, for my travel content, I focus on more, like, as before, mostly on Black travel, because mm-hmm. If you look in, like, say, and this is before, like, during like the mid late 2000s, right? Even before, mm-hmm. like, we look at travel videos, TV shows, whatnot, you barely see any black person, somebody who looks like us, like, my hairstyles, you know, mm-hmm. traveling abroad, whatnot. Right. And and now you did see a lot more. You definitely see a big black child movement doing like the mid late 2010s, which is great. But, yeah. and you saw more, you know, black travel groups on Facebook. You see all the travel groups on you know, Instagram. TikTok, mm-hmm. YouTube, and, and it's great, but we're still kind of small compared to, I like, said, mostly the most of them, the creators who are mostly are white, right? And some some great, great content creators. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. obviously, when again, when it comes to Asia, like a black person's experience is gonna be heavily different than a white person's, like almost always,
1: right? Right. Um.
2: Like, for example, there are stories that does not happen to me, though, but there are stories of you know not just in Korea, but I think other parts of it, like China, I think China, Thailand, Japan, of uh, people touching the black person's hair, like especially like some of style. Yeah. Styles, yeah. Afro. Again, it's, it's just like curiosity. I know some black people might be hesitant don't like the idea of people touching their hair, but it's like, I try to let people know in the book, like, again, remember, just remember, you're in a homogenous nation. Like everybody looks the same 24 seven. So.
1: Right, right.
2: You know, so when somebody looks different, who's not part of the culture, does look, you know, the same culture is like, you're gonna stand out pretty much.
1: Yeah, okay. So what's the most surprising thing you discovered while writing your books?
2: Uh, the fact that no one's really made like an international black travel guide. Okay. When I was first start, came up with the idea of it, I looked around and see like, okay, who has anybody done? It's like, yeah, it does like say solo travel guides for women, mm-hmm. for men. And those are fine in itself, but I was like, okay, what about an overall general black trauma guy? Like, mm-hmm. not, I'm not, it might keep me wrong. This is anybody can read this book, let's keep it, let's keep it 100. Like, any, you know, white people right. can read this book to enjoy it, right? But I figured, okay, why can't I, why isn't it one for like everybody? Like, say, cis, straight black man, but black, that's designed you know, for, black, for black people from all walks of life, like straight single black man, gay black couple, black families, whatnot. Something that I feel like. With these two books, of more ones I make right in the future, it helps somebody, you know, in the black community. Right. And also I see it as a business opportunity too, because uh, I'm a business major by trade. And I remember reading about a couple of years ago, I read a story, I think it was coming from the Mandela Research Institute. They are saying mm-hmm. that African-American tourism has the power to be about a $6 billion industry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm like, when I read this, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's right, because, A lot more by people traveling, and because of the pandemic, of course, no one's traveled as much. Right. Right. And I figured that, hey, if I get these two books, maybe more out, right, before when it's safe to travel, by then when it's safe to travel 100%, you're going to see, I guess you say, quote, quote, travel vengeance, because, you know, people people who were going to travel in 2020, 2021, but had to cancel.
1: Right.
2: But when it's safe to travel, you know, people are going to blow up, like, you're going to get that... Yeah, make up the lost travel time. So mm-hmm. we figure if I get these books out, people know who I am. Even even before pandemic during the pandemic, even afterwards. Absolutely. I names, yeah, I got my, my names out there, people know what I'm about. They'll just uh, create future streams of revenue, I guess you'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you think um just like a follow-up question? Do you think that uh a lot of people in the black community wouldn't think to come to Asia?
2: Um I think there is a fascination with Asia, especially in the black community, because you're thinking about from like you know most main black people, like a parents' group, like they grew up with like Bruce Lee movies, martial films in the '80s, yep. yeah, '90s. Of course, our age group we grew up with, like tsunami, so there's that fascination with anime for sure, right? In Japan, right? Even for me, that's what I feel my interest in going to travel is because I always wanted to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. Now, even though I've been, I haven't, I personally haven't been to Japan yet, okay? Uh, because in terms of travel, Japan is a little bit more expensive.
1: Mhm.
2: so it's not one of those c- countries that you can like ball out right Wait, like, you got for- to plan it out before yeah. you go but i mean it's possible do you can still try the cheap stuff but again at the same time the way i see it is when you do travel always check the budget see how much does it cost how much to spend. right uh for example i think taiwan malaysia philippines okay you can you can borrow a little bit more of that okay whereas japan not as much you gotta like you know you want to plan as you like basically like try to live as you were back home
1: okay i see um and then another follow-up to that uh have you traveled to besides japan have you traveled to any of the other countries around you or anywhere in the world um and you have any advice for uh other black and poc travelers uh or who are thinking about living in Asia?
2: Uh, yeah, so I've been to Philippines, Malaysia, Taiwan, and uh, Portugal. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've been to those countries. I want to go through more. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to go back to Portugal, uh, back to Lisbon, back to Lisbon. Mhm. I definitely want to go back to Ty- Taiwan because I enjoy Taiwan a lot.
1: Mhm.
2: And it feels like one of Taiwan. So I want to feel. Excuse me, it's one of those countries that slept on so hard. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, was great. Food, street food was street food life was amazing. I definitely mm-hmm. miss it. I went for a three day weekend back in 2019. Okay,
1: so there time there. nice,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, now, in terms of preparing to travel, if you still feel hesitant about traveling to another country, mm-hmm. uh, you still want to say want to go to Europe or Africa or Asia. You can always start small, you know, start close home. Like you guys go to Caribbean, uh, South America or Canada, Mexico, start always small. Get used to traveling abroad and then when you're ready, go for it.
1: Okay, got you.
2: I also recommend if you're planning to go to the country, always make sure you check out the weather. (laughs) Because, for example, I think like, you know, Southeast Asia, like you definitely want to come in summer. You usually have more of the wet season.
1: Yeah,
2: right. So basically, our winter time in America—that's when you <laughs> want to go to those countries. That's yes, going to be warmer. It won't be as rain. So always, always make sure you check the weather before of a country before you travel there.
1: Right, right. Uh, two,
2: always make sure depending on what country you're from, always check the visa laws because now you're because kind of, some countries for American passports, we can pretty much go almost anywhere without having to apply for a visa. Where well, other you got to pay for a visa. So always yeah. check that before you buy your ticket. To me,
1: right. Right.
2: And three, this is a very, I mentioned in a lot of my books too, like if you have food allergies, mm-hmm. make sure, especially in Asia, like if you want to come to Asia and you got food allergies, make sure you, you, know, you got EpiPens ready make sure you know where the hospitals are and definitely stay away from the local foods. Oh, okay. Yeah, because a lot of Asian foods, they have like seafood, mm-hmm. a of seafood fish um, sauce, uh, there's like peanut sauce just mm-hmm. so like Korean Korean food has those things like if you, if you can't eat wheat if you can't eat wheat uh garlic sesame sauce sesame oil
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, seed, whatnot like so you definitely want to be careful of those if you want to come to Korea
1: yeah okay that's good to know yeah is everyone too I actually um the first time I traveled anywhere out of the country I was in college and we had this class. Uh, and we ended up going. We were studying Austria in the 1900s as a history class. Um, and uh, we went to Vienna. Mm-hmm. And I checked the weather before we went, but they're like 40 degrees. I'm from Pennsylvania. Their 40 degrees is not the same as a Pennsylvania 40 degrees. <laughs> My friends and I, we were freezing the whole time. <laughs> yeah.
2: You definitely yeah. always want to check that way before you go. Um, yeah. Also, uh, like I said, if you if you can, sometimes it may be cheaper. Like one big note is like when it comes to travel, you get what you pay for. Right. Sometimes the cheapest option is never always the best option. When it comes to plane tickets or yeah. hotels, lodging, whatnot, like sometimes you may want to spend a little bit more money instead of paying you know the cheapest route.
1: Yeah, I uh, I learned that the hard way. I used to live in England, and uh, for grad school, and I um, went to Ireland for a long weekend, and I like the, I just want to, on my own experience, a lot of people don't realize that everybody's airport is not going to offer the same services as your airport. And uh, I didn't print my ticket ahead of time thinking, oh, there will be like a printing machine there. No, like, they charged me like 60 pounds to print my uh, my boarding pass, which is I think the equivalent of like like maybe $75 now. Um, yeah. You can imagine how like as a poor graduate student, how that made me feel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> make sure, yeah, make sure you have extra copies of your passport. Have the yeah. pictures picture on your phone. Mm-hmm. Definitely have a picture of your passport. Like have a backup couple pack of pictures of your passport. Right. right also, yeah. one big travel tip is especially for black people. I know we love to look fresh. I know we want to have drip on our clothes. Yeah. If you're going to a country that has like high pickpocketing rates or high poverty rates, like say right. Philippines, Colombia,
0: mm-hmm.
2: leave the drip at home. Leave all your Jordans. Leave all of them at home. Yeah. Like. Basically, go basic, solid color shirt, basic shorts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wear them dirty ass shoes that you wear to yeah. grab, the grab.
1: Try to blend in.
2: Try to blend in because this is for your city. Because
1: yeah.
2: I think I read a story a while back about a black man who was killed in Colombia, African oh, yeah. American man. Then he got robbed. And mm-hmm. of course, I he, think he had like jewelry on, he wore a necklace according to the story. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one of those stories like you got to be careful because yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to know. tell who's American. Okay. what other international can tell, but again, especially when you know you go a place that has high pickpocketing. if you look like a tourist, like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're going to get scammed Like, so watch out, gotcha. leave the trip at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All
1: right, so what do you like to do when you're not writing?
2: Uh, go out, take pictures, do mm-hmm. uh, amateur photography, I also enjoy um, hiking, especially in Korea, because hiking is a very massive uh, part of the culture, since they're surrounded by mountains, like, everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: everywhere.
1: Wow, wow. Yeah, I it's saw one of, your, one of your hikes that you did went on your TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those views look so beautiful.
2: They really are. It was brutal to hike there.
1: <laughs> yeah, was it? Oh, but yeah, it was it.
2: Really <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, good, good.
2: Yeah, i mean there's like if you're a hiker or outdoorsman then south korea is gonna be a paradise like it's basically okay. las vegas there's so many places you can go to um mm-hmm. aside from that uh gaming uh and yeah listen to music
0: mm-hmm. also
2: i did i was a part of smash Bros. scene i used to go to tournaments events but because of the pandemic that's been one ever since yeah okay um, and i mean post personally i pretty much stopped playing smash bros because um, I love the game but it's just not as fun if you can't go to local events.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um what uh systems do you use?
2: Uh I got my Switch, PS4, I just bought a PS5 because mm-hmm. I'm excited to get the new Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. And also got I still got found my old Nintendo 2DS, so I'm playing some of that again.
1: Oh, okay. Do you play in Korean? Uh
2: no. Now, language-wise, I don't speak a Read Korean yet. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm still in the I guess pre-K level of learning how to read uh, Korean. Mm-hmm. One thing to know about Korean language is actually easy to learn how to read it. Okay. Uh, speaking it is a little bit more challenging, much more challenging.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I um I can't imagine. I mean, I am a pretty big fan of EXO, <laughs> K-pop band. Yeah. And I'll try, I'll like read the lyrics and like try to listen to it to try to like learn a little bit. But it's so, their pronunciations are so different from what it looks like in yeah. um, Romanized uh, yeah. hearing. So I can't imagine. Um, and you've been there about five years, you said?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> it, yeah, that's what makes it difficult is just the sounds about sentence structure is going to be different. hmm. So now it's possible to learn, but it's just like you yeah, have a lot of discipline.
1: Yeah. And
2: you know, have a Korean tutor with you or something like that. But okay. it's it's possible.
1: But you've been there since you've been there for five years, it's pretty easy to still get around. Yes. Okay. That's good. All right. So um do you have a favorite Korean phrase?
2: Uh I basically hurry up, body body. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's mostly because of my kids <laughs> Oh okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh what um what, do you mind me time? asking what uh grade you teach?
2: Uh I teach in elementary schools. So I I guess you say quickly of second to fourth grade, I would say.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, so pretty young, yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh usually that low the low low is just like your first time learning English. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, now in Korea, the lease for students, it varies from student to student, because some students go to like, after school English academies to study English. Okay. others don't have the money, parents don't have the money to pay for those. So this is how they learn English through, through their school, elementary, middle school, high school years, college.
1: Is it is it required for everybody?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, so everyone, all students take an English class uh of course it's not like I said, nowadays from what I've been told from other people told me like it's not as I guess looked I guess learning English I mean is impressive but it's not like as impressive as it would be back in the day. Okay. Like nowadays the Koreans it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice to you know English, but we can find many people who have, right? Right. It's like, if, you know, for many Koreans now it's like if you speak Mandarin, oh now you can get more money. You can actually get more oh money.
1: okay. Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. So now, uh, for me at least, uh, one reason I personally never really started to learn Korean, I guess, is because of the fact that is, where can I use Korean? Like, I can't really put it on a resume if I ever come back to the U.S., right? Yeah. Like, because obviously it's not a, it's not one of those in demand languages that no one can use. Like, mm-hmm. where I say it's kind of like the same problem of Chinese and, and Korea. It's like, now if I lose new like the man, new Mandarin Chinese or spoke Spanish mm-hmm. in, in America, mm-hmm. then that'll leave more jobs. Compared to like Korea.
1: Okay, okay. Um, just as an aside, do you plan to come back at any point?
2: Mm, To visit, yes, but to come back ever, no. I don't plan to move back to the US.
1: Okay, yeah. I get that after living through. Yeah. Well, actually, living my whole life as a black person, I I understand.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure you've seen it, but there's really, been like close to stores of black people looking to leave the U.S. And yeah, people who had left and they're not coming back.
1: Yeah, and
2: yeah. I'm one of those individuals, like, I actually had fun. It's like, my sister, I think about a month or two ago, she went to Jamaica for a few days for a wedding or something like that, mm-hmm. and she wanted to leave the country too. She was like, "Oh, now I understand you. I finally, I finally understand." Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was like what? Because I've been trying to tell you. It's like now she doesn't want to come back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Has your family visited you? If you don't mind me asking.
2: No, uh, actually, my sister, we've been trying to figure this out for years. Oh, wow. Might have away from both of us, like something mm-hmm. happened to her and something happened
1: my in. Yeah. And
2: we were probably done for 2020, but of we course. know what happened.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, I hope that you get to get family out there soon.
2: Yeah, it's on there, but no rush. Yeah. Uh, but I did see them again. I just saw my sister back in 2019. Okay. I uh, had a week off. So I traveled
1: to America, to Alabama to visit them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I it's interesting you say um that you're not interested in coming back. And I was actually thinking personally of moving to another country back in uh I think it was like maybe 2018, I was really tossing that idea around because I have lived abroad before I mentioned I used to live in London and I loved it. I didn't really want to leave, but the visa laws. Um,
2: yeah, visa laws yeah, they're always the biggest
1: uh, pain. Yeah. Yeah. So harsh. And uh, actually it was Theresa May, my great mortal enemy who <laughs> got rid of the visa that uh, allowed for graduates in the United Kingdom uh, to take about three years to get a permanent work visa. Um, so it was really, really hard to get a job because as soon as they hear you're American, like all communications stop. Like you're totally ghost. Yeah. So, um, came back home and I do, I, I'm not like unhappy in my life, but I was thinking like, it's been, we were going through like the Trump administration and everything. And, um, I was like, where can I go? So having a guidebook, like you're, uh, writing or you have written, and I'm sure you're going to write some more um, are really, really helpful. Um, because a lot of black people, I feel like they don't know where they can go and feel safe. You know, that I think is a huge problem. And, you know, we can go places and feel safe. Like I've been, um, to a few countries and I traveled alone a lot, uh, in my early twenties. And, um, I was totally, fine um you just you know don't go looking for trouble really dress exactly. like a local uh have a plan exactly. yeah have a plan um and um so i really applaud you for actually taking the time to like write these things out and making yeah. sure people know like hey you know come over to asia like here's what you need to know <laughs> or quickly yeah, yeah. uh, i really say like if you want to i say go for it because nowadays
2: especially with I think COVID, like, it's yeah. like pretty much like sure many other people, like, realize that, oh, wow, we almost fucking died. Like, yeah. I don't want to live. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations, like, when I had, like, I was stuck on leave last year, stuck at home. Like, mm-hmm. I was happy with the job. I mean, I was grateful for the job situation I was in, but it made me realize one, following the norms that we grew up believing in for all our yeah. life throughout our life, it us, one, that's bullshit, two, yeah. I don't have to actually follow every any societal norms or tradition, whatever. It doesn't even matter at this point.
1: Right. Like
2: right. I think for you, like if you really want to travel, if you want to live abroad, I say go for it. Like Yeah. I mean at this point it's like, listen, we almost died from this virus. We pop like me, I lost some money from this virus. I'm not sure about you. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the point but you know what? I say just you know F it. I'm gonna do it. Right. Now of mm-hmm. course like I was, we can't you can't do it now because countries close the borders obviously. Exactly. So it's hard to do that. But if you want to travel, if you want to go live abroad in another country, mm-hmm. uh, I say go for it, you go and start making the plans now. Yeah. But now when you when it's safe to travel, when to, to go live abroad, then you'll be more ready to do so. Right. Right. And of course you could you can start for you like for example if you want to go back to UK, you know, you can start putting money to the side for it. Mm-hmm. And then when it's safe to do so, then you can execute start executing that plan.
1: Right.
2: But I would say one big, the biggest rule, if you want to, like, what if you want to go a little abroad, always one, look at the visa laws for each country. Cause mm-hmm. everyone's different. So yep. pay attention to the laws. Never ever, I say to experience, when it comes to immigration, stay on the good side. they're even being an asshole? Be mm-hmm. smiling. Hold it in. Just don't be. Just keep it in. Be nice as much as you can.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And two, and three, uh, figure out your financial plan. How are you gonna make money? That's the biggest thing you got to figure out. Like, uh, I mean, if you know, if you got a job like skills like programming where you could do that type of job internationally, like, you're more to go for it. But once you have some type of skill where you can do that, then you really got to figure out okay, how can I make money on the side? Right. Because you got to live.
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's nice to eat. Yeah, I actually noticed um, a couple of friends telling me uh, when they're looking for jobs, even like they're starting to say uh, there's less and less fully remote jobs. Um, people still want to come back in person. But after the pandemic, really, like, I could actually do this job from anywhere. And that's not true of every job, but a lot of right. jobs out there. I really don't have to go into an office um, and you can pull talent from anywhere in the world that should be really exciting for a lot of companies but a lot of times they're like oh no we want you in this either big metropolitan area that you know we're not going to help you move to and that sort of thing right. so now it's like oh we're getting back to that where i have to go to new york or or los or san francisco even to right. get any kind of career traction but I, I really don't have to like the pandemic taught us that but you know Catherine.
2: yeah exactly like, <laughs> i mean especially i'm pretty sure anybody is in for like o'clock yeah. traffic every day is like no one wants to do that anymore like,
1: right i know,
2: know i'm pretty sure most people would say like hey i'll take a pay cut it means i can work from home yeah I can, like watch my kids at home i can mm-hmm. go up to school i could go to work for a few hours pick my kid up come back home do the rest of my work i mean yeah,
1: yeah. it shouldn't be i shouldn't be have to chain myself to a desk for eight hours a day when you know it, it actually like the work will get done if i do like maybe four hours here or four hours there
2: exactly yeah. four hours of work yeah. two hours of smash Bros. And four
1: yeah exactly before. yeah i don't. i have a nintendo switch too and i was
2: <laughs> playing
1: yeah. paper mario all summer it was great <laughs> there we go yeah all right so um Random question, like, what's sure. your favorite? You mentioned um a lot of you eat a lot of street food. What's your favorite Korean food?
2: Uh, uh definitely it's like a chicken stew called a spicy chicken stew called Doktori Tong. Uh, I also like this, like, the dish called Jim Dok. It's like, uh, Korean noodles, a broiled dish with noodles, glass noodles, chicken, mm-hmm. potatoes, carrots.
1: Ooh, that
2: sounds good. Yeah. Uh, stereotypically, I love the cream fried chicken.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably saw out of my book. Like, I actually mentioned the Daegu book, like, about the Daegu Chimic Festival. Mm-hmm. And that's a fried chicken and beer festival in South Korea. Wow. Nice. When is that? It so, in every July, usually around the third okay. or fourth week, there's a, a fried chicken and beer festival, music festival, fried chicken and beer. Lasts about right. a week. Wow. And i'm kind of mad because during my time i didn't find out about this festival for like the past four years i lived in korea
1: oh no uh, in, yeah yeah
2: and i went back for the first time i went in 2019
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i had a great time there lots of people were packed it was packed people had a great time drinking eating fried chicken different types of fried chicken from the from the stalls and whatnot okay it was very popular uh and of course, I was excited for the 2020 festival, but we know what happened, that, why that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, so, and I also really, one thing I do miss, speaking uh, of Nintendo Switch, I actually did, I do participate in the Pokemon tournaments here in Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to, I was, I went to the Sun and Moon on Nintendo 3D yesterday, when they was around. Okay. So I did come to the tournaments that were fun. And then I went to the first Pokemon Sword and Shield tournament back mm-hmm. in, December
1: 2019.
2: Okay. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, only won two rounds, honestly. But
0: yeah, but again, this is like when the
2: start of the game came out. So obviously, you know, I didn't know I was doing the team.
0: Yeah.
2: And of course, I was hoping to be more offline tournaments, but we that that got canceled. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the next one would have been like in April or May, but once huh. I got canceled. Um but I mean, there's, I mean, Nintendo Korea, who hosted tournaments, mm. they did online tournaments, but it's like, it, it's just not the same. Like, I'd rather be there in person.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Ah, okay. Do we have, uh, in Philadelphia, we have this uh, tabletop game uh, mm. convention slash tournament called uh, Packs Unplugged, and that, yeah, of course, got canceled um, for... 2020 i don't know if they're bringing it back because it's usually in the fall so it should be soon but i don't know yeah. if they're bringing it back this year i have to look i should like to look in that reminds me i have to look into
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like uh, yeah I re- that's the one thing i miss about tournament. uh pre-spend was going to different tournaments like you know like more or you know smash Switch or smash Bros. meetups you use about oh and into Seoul where the events were take place you know mm-hmm. it's, one, it's, just, it's one of those fun events where you just go out play some games have fun uh talk to you with other people yeah some food some drinks and then go back home but
1: nice. Oh yeah. i wish we had more of that in maybe in new york but in philadelphia i wish we had a little bit more of that because actually like i got my nintendo switch um i got it as a birthday present to myself back in may so i got uh pokemon uh sword and shield and okay. paper mario and a couple other uh indie games. And I just forgot how much I love just playing video games Yeah, with the stories and, you know, strategy and that sort of thing. And
2: so, um,
1: now, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, now you can say that I should look into that for myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. If I do, I'll admit, uh, I play a lot more games than I did before throughout my years. Yeah. but yeah. Uh, I mean, I love games, but of course, you know, even the best game of the week, even the best gamers, like, we have our limits, like, I can only play so much, like, I got to oh, yeah, something.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine being, like, if it was, like, uh, I was, like, an X Games, uh, uh, like, champion, like, the, the people who do Fortnite, who play, like, all day, every day, I could not, could
2: I not do you. that. <laughs> maybe, maybe the occasional ones in a Blue Moon game session I play all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Week, yeah. Every day, every day, sure. In the, yeah. Once in a bloom of yeah why not yeah but maybe two three hour session go out do other stuff then maybe come back mm-hmm. one or two hours later yeah that's fine but yeah yeah. Three, 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 three hours. yeah for those guys i don't know how they do it i guess the money does why they keep doing I it i
1: guess so the sponsorships the money the the clout i yeah All right, so uh, last question. Are you planning more guidebooks and where are you thinking of writing about?
2: Uh, Right now, I started the process of writing a travel guide for South Korea. Okay. So I'm still thinking very, very early stages. Um, Mostly I I took pictures. I know what I want to write about first. Now I got that idea. (laughs) Now it's more of how to execute because Seoul and Busan are going to be the most challenging part.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, cause and I know I can't get everything in, in, in all of South Korea, cause that's that's just too much in for me.
1: Yeah.
2: But um. But what what? But basically, I can promise though, for what I do offer, mm-hmm. it's still gonna be enough for anybody to take off. And then, if they when they do come to South Korea, they use the book as a jump jump jumping point mm-hmm. to find other. Then hey, I call uh, job well done, missing success.
1: Yeah and then um, if you want to plug your social media uh, where we can find your books, um, please do so. And we'll also put them in the show notes.
2: Sure. Uh, you can find my ebooks The Black Child's Guide to Inchon, Inchon, I N C H uh, E O N, and The Black Child's Guide to Daegu, Daegu, D A E G U, in ebook formats. You can find them on Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you want to check out Inchon, Inchon has uh talked about it in the book, there's a one-piece theme cafe. Oh so fun. Piece, And yeah, you can check, then you can check that out. You're a fried chicken, then check out the Daegu book for more.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, also,
2: you, you can follow me on Instagram at the Blur mm-hmm. Explorer. I'm also on TikTok. Same name at the Blur Explorer.
1: And those are all one word.
2: Yeah, this is all one word, yes. Great. All right. Well,
1: Phil, thank you so, so much for coming on the Blurred on the Street podcast. Really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, and maybe we'll have you back to see you know if you've learned anything new uh, with maybe in the next year.
2: Oh, definitely. I'd love to come back on.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have uh, Lily and Jenna uh, on as well, because uh, they were also instrumental coming up with some of these questions. So I know they're interested in talking to you.
0: Thanks for listening to Blurred on the Street.